Oh shit, hold on. I have to turn off my fan. You're fine. I can't hear it, but you're fine. I can hear it and it's just going to annoy me. Well, no, it's going to annoy me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I did it. Perfect. So what are you drinking? I'm drinking a seltzer water and vodka. As opposed to literally anything else. <laughs> I I occasionally drink some rum. I just finished a bottle of wine. I didn't... What kind? I did not start it. I'd like to point it out. I'm not that good. <laughs> oh, boy. It's a rosé. It's called Josh Cellars. And it's literally called Josh. And the back says, he created the wine as a tribute to my dad, Josh. He's always on my mind. And I don't... That's very sweet. I'm not a rosé person. This was just in my fridge. And my mom's like, this is open. You can drink it. And I was like, mm, okay. Yeah, I'm not particularly... Oh, hold on. I'm not particularly a rosé person either. My friend Brian, however, loves a good rosé. So I only drink it when I'm with him. Because <laughs> <laughs> he likes red wine and I like white wine. So we go... We do a nice You do like a halfsies. Exactly. I don't know. I'm not like a big rosé fan, but it's pretty good. I finished half the bottle. <laughs> We love to see it. And then I have another giant bottle of Chardonnay sitting next to it that I opened and was drinking first. Love that. Love it. I just love it. My mom's very concerned that I've developed a drinking problem, but until I determine whether it actually is a drinking problem, we're just going to keep going. Okay, but if we only drink on the weekends, is it really a drinking problem? Yeah, exactly. I don't think so. Mm -hmm. Not in my opinion. I'm going first this week since you went first last week. Yeah, sure. Okay. So, I don't know if you've read this book yet. I still haven't told you which one I was doing. You haven't told me either which one you're doing. Yeah. Which I kind of like. I kind of like that we're doing that because it's kind of builds anticipation. Yeah, I like it too. It's uh, interesting. Yeah, it keeps things fun for us. Okay, so I am doing The Silent Patient. That's so ironic because that was one of the choices that I had for my book club. But I had to move it because we had too many horror slash gothic <laughs> books on the lineup. And the girl, the, the uh, girl who does the book club with me was like, "Hey, did you notice that you put like all gothic horror horror books on the on the like voting?" And I was like, "Oh shit, no, my bad." I just, yeah, I was like, "Okay, let me just fix that." So maybe next month that'll be our pick. It looks really good. But for now, you're getting the entire plot. So shit, that's all right. It's fine. It's all fine. It's actually a really good book. I definitely, obviously, highly recommend actually reading it because I'm not going to read you the book. You're just getting the high points. I mean, if book club does it, I'm going to have to read it anyways, so. Yeah. And if you know me, you know that I'm a very detailed in my high points choosing. I'm very <laughs> bad when it comes to editing my notes, aka yeah. I never edit my notes. Again, shocker, shocker, this episode comes with a trigger warning for self-harm and suicidal thoughts and actions so if those the discussion of those topics or any of those things make you uncomfortable please feel free to skip or listen I'm gonna do my best not to make this uncomfortable for anybody but if it gets to be too much for you we both completely understand if you choose to not listen to this episode skip this one yeah. But I'm going to do my very best to make it as listenable, if that's even, that's not even a fucking word, but as easy to digest as possible. 
Should we introduce the podcast? I feel like a lot of podcasts I listen to, they introduce the podcast at the time. Oh, yeah. Like, we just don't do that. That's like, we've like stopped introducing ourselves too, I feel like. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, I don't know how we sound. I mean, I do kind of, but not enough to be like, oh, yeah, we might sound similar. I feel like I have more, uh, when I, especially when I drink, I get more of a Long Island <laughs> accent. So that might my, my, be my differential is when I start drinking more, which is an oopsie on my part. <laughs> but you're right. We should introduce ourselves. I am Francesca. I'm Alicia. We're going to get drunk and talk about books. As I mentioned, I'm doing The Silent Patient. And again, another just quick trigger warning for anyone. I'm going to do my best to make this as easy to listen to as possible. But if it gets to be too much, we both completely understand if you don't want to listen. Wait, I have a question. When you pick your books that you want to read, do you read the synopsis or do you just go off of what people have told you to read or what people have recommended you to read? Are we talking about for this podcast or just in general? Just in general. Okay, so what I've been (laughs) reading... What I've been reading recently have been books my mom picked because they're all for free on Audible from her account. So it's all books she's already listened to. So I've just been listening to the books she has on her Audible. (laughs) But that also, but going outside of that for like physical books I read, it really depends. I recently read... The Flight Girls by Noelle Salazar, I think is my name. Oh, yeah, that's supposed to be pretty good. It was really good. I just saw, I saw it in Barnes and Nobles and I liked the cover, so I picked it up Mm. and read the back. I tend to read, I do tend to read the back synopsis of Mm -hmm. the book jacket just to give myself an idea because if I pick something up and I don't like it, then it's on me. But if I just pick something up and walk out with it without reading it, without reading something about it, then it, I'm like, you're, you're a fucking idiot. Like, you gotta know, like, you kind of have to know if it's going to be your style or not. But that also leans into, like, the cover of the book, too. I feel like gives away a lot of, a lot of it. Like, for me, personally, I would never necessarily pick up a Cassandra Clare book just based on the covers. I know she's, I've heard phenomenal things about her, but just, like, based on the covers, like, that's not something I would lean towards. Well, yeah, there's people on the cover, which is never something I lean towards. I hate people on covers hate them there's a person on this cover yeah i've seen the cover for this one for me personally i tend to go off of recommendations from other people i like to go into things blind as you i know you do i know you do i love to go i love going into things blind and not knowing much i appreciate you know someone telling me the genre so i kind of know what to expect you know if it's a horror a thriller a romance a contemporary a sci-fi, a fantasy, especially with fantasy. I could never go into a fantasy totally blind not knowing it was one because that's a lot of mental work they have to do to read those. But yeah, I love going into things blind because it's just so much fun to not know anything. Yeah, I kind of did that with this one. I knew like the basic, basic of like what the story was about. I knew there was a murder in it. That's more than I knew. I knew it was a psychological thriller. Yeah, that was like basically what I knew was that it was psychological and there was murder. And I was like, sign me the fuck up. Right. Yeah. It's not everyone that has read it who I know has loved it and said it was great. So it's been on my radar to read. 
I just haven't gotten around to it yet because I don't read a ton of thriller. Yeah. At all. Well, we all know that's my cup of tea. That's why I picked it up. I cannot say enough good things about this book. The writing was phenomenal. The cover is beautiful. The cover is stunning. And just the story in and of itself was so perfectly written. When I got to the end, I was shocked. I was upset. And I was just like, how (laughs) How do you move on from this? I needed a minute. And this was a half an (laughs) hour ago when I finished this book. So it's all fresh in my mind. Fun fact, it's been translated a bunch of times because in my book club, we have some people who don't speak English as a first language. So I do try to find a couple options that have been translated for them. We love that. Yeah. So I was thrilled to see this one had been translated so I could include it and include it as a translated option. Well, it's actually set in England. That has nothing. Well, I mean, it has something to do with the plot, but it's like that has nothing to do with it being translated into other languages, but it's not American. Right. Let's, you know, let's get started. Yeah, let's just jump let's right jump in. Let's jump right in. So the prologue opens with the wife's first diary entry. She's talking about how she keep, she's keeping this diary to appease her husband, Gabriel, and she's going to use it to like jot down her ideas and any images that inspire her to paint. Got it. First chapter opens with Alyssa Berenson. She's 33 years old when she kills her husband. Hmm. Interesting. Which, like, that was such a jarring, like, way to open. 33? Yeah. Okay, girl. Overachiever. We love to see it. <laughs> I'm just trying to be married by 33. Yeah, right. I'm just trying to find a man husband. by 33. Right. And you're fucking out here killing the game? Literally? All right, queen. All right. <laughs> so she's 33 when she killed her husband. Now, the way they say her name in the book, they mm-hmm. say it Alicia what because he's british the the narrative first of all you didn't tell me my name was in this i'm gonna be so triggered it's not Alyssa. it's not alicia i said alicia yeah do you know how many do you know how many different pronunciations there are? that's fair i'm sorry my own grandmother says alicia my own grandmother alicia it's not that's not how you pronounce it but as long as you ask me you can call me whatever you want Resaving you in my phone as Alicia Silverstone. So when people go through my contacts, they're like, oh my God. Dude, that's my plan. I low key want to dress up as Alicia Silverstone for like Halloween this year. That would be so funny. Even though Halloween is like a myth now, it's not going to happen. But well, I was going to, well, I don't do anything anyways. So it was just going to be like, we can just have like the two of us dancing in your apartment by ourselves. It's fine. So they say her name is Alicia in the books because again, the two, so there's two narr. I, I listened to this book on Audible because I was finishing up being the property brothers. <laughs> True. Yeah. So I was listening to it on Audible. So the two, first of all, hats off to the two narrators of the book. Did a really good job in just the voice acting of it. Going back. So she's 33 when she killed her husband. She's a painter. Um, her husband, Gabriel, is a fashion designer, or not a fashion designer, excuse me, a fashion photographer. Ooh. And he was 44 when he died on the 25th of August. We love marrying up. Girls, this is what we aspire to do. My mom would always get mad at me when I was younger when I'd say I want to marry rich. And she's like, you can be rich yourself. And I'm like, yeah, but that's so much work. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Mary, I mean, I do aspire, 
But if I don't achieve that, but realistically, it's easier for a man to make more money than a woman. So true that. True that. The first chapter is set like a perspective in the future. So they're talking about Gabriel in the past. So six years ago, he was 44 when he died, when he was murdered. So he got Mm -hmm. home late from a photo shoot. Neighbors heard gunshots coming from their house and they called the cops. The cops get there and Alicia, Alicia, yeah, Alicia is. (laughs) That's going to fuck you up the whole time. Because I wrote in the notes, uh, Alyssa. I don't know why. My phone just autocorrected to that. So (laughs) I just have to remember Alicia. Uh, She's standing in a white dress in front of the fireplace in their living room. There's a gun on the floor. Gabriel is dead in a chair. His hands and feet are bound with wire. A knife is on the floor and there's like blood everywhere. So when the cops come in, they see and like assess the scene. They see deep cuts on Alicia's wrists. In the hospital, she refuses to speak when she's charged with her husband's murder. She paints. So she gets put on house arrest after being charged. And she paints a self-portrait and entitles it... Oh, fuck. Okay. They say this name a thousand times throughout the book, and it's going to fuck me up. Alcestis. Thank you. It took me a minute. I had to, like, read it. So, uh, Alcestis is the heroine from a Greek play who dies in her husband's place when no one else would, which, again, we'll revisit Alcestis throughout the book. Um, So, that will be further explained at some point. So, she's basically convicted by the media... She refuses to speak during the trial, pleads diminished capacity. All right. Good for her. You know, we love using, we love pulling an out, out of a hat. <laughs> and this claim was um, backed up by Professor Diomedes, and he's the head of The Grove, which is basically a psychiatric facility in London. And he basically says she was crazy when it happened. So she's sentenced to time in this psychiatric facility, the Grove, and she would, if she recovers, she'll likely be released. But year after year, she- That's the way to do it, ladies. Yeah. Plead crazy, get in a psychiatric facility. One flew over the cuckoo's nest, this bitch. Listen. That's right. Thank you, Mr. Flynn, for making me read that book. Year after year, she just doesn't speak, like, at all. So this has been over the course of six years. She hasn't said shit. So at this point, we still don't know the narrator's name. We just know he's a- forensic psychotherapist is what he calls himself oh that would annoy me (laughs) well so that's what he says in the beginning and then we learn he's a psycho psychotherapist that's what he refers to himself for the rest of the book interesting but six years after her entrance into the grove a position for the psychotherapist opens there he interviews for it and gets it then we learn our narrator is theo favor he's 42 years old and quote from the book he says, I became a psychotherapist because I was fucked up. Most of us are. <laughs> no judgment. He, so basically the reason he's so fucked up, as he puts it, is that he was emotionally and physically abused by his father as a child. Oh boy. He deals with a lot of really bad childhood experiences. He goes off to college. He leaves home at 18 and has Oof. a suicide attempt. He tries to take a lot of pills and ends up obviously not... It doesn't work. And he ends up in his own, with his own therapist, Ruth, who comes back throughout the book. Well, like the thought of Ruth, it will be explained. But um, he goes to her as his own psychotherapist. And that's kind of what puts him in the idea of, I want to do this for it, the rest of my life. It's so weird that they say psychotherapist. Just say the British, Just like they say physiotherapist instead of physical oh therapist. Like, just say a psychiatrist, sister. Come well, on. Well, psychiatrist is different than a therapist. A psychiatrist gives you pills. Yeah, a therapist I know. 
you might need pills. My therapist I don't know what his problem is. As someone who's been through therapy for the last 11 years, my therapist has never prescribed me any pills. My psychiatrist has. So I know that's what I'm saying though. I don't know what his problem is. Maybe he needs therapy. Oh, he no, no, no. Pills. He does so he's not a psychiatrist in that sense. He doesn't prescribe any pills. He's just like, let's talk. Just say therapist. I'll get it. So I'm gonna refer to him as a therapist for the rest of the book. Or the rest of the explanation, just so everybody is clear about who he is. So then he moved, we, he gets a job at the Grove and he, this is like his first arrival. When he walks in, it's very child, like a very kind of a little bit run down, but not really. There are child like drawings on the walls done by the patients. Um, there's a bitchy head manager, Stephanie, who's like kind of, Cari- she's from the Caribbean. She's very hard and in your face kind of thing. She's just like very set in her ways. Like I'm the manager. This is how it's going to be. Uh, and then we met, meet the likable head nurse, Yuri. He's a sweetheart. I love Yuri. <laughs> but so then he, Theo, the reason Theo takes a job at the Grove is because he wants to treat Alice, uh, Alicia. Like he wants to be the one that like fixes her basically and gets her to oh, speak. So he convinces. Man. Yeah, exactly. So he convinces Diomedes to let him take Alicia on as a patient. His name sounds like diabetes. Yo, could you, as a dyslexic, can you imagine my struggle of trying to phonetically spell that out so I don't fuck it up when I'm telling the story? I can't. (sighs) And Alicia, I have it as fucking Alyssa in my notes. If I fuck up, just know Alicia and Alyssa are the same person. You're welcome for making this even harder. Yeah, right? Like, I need to stop reading British books. Anyway... So we have the first meeting between Theo and Alyssa, Alicia. (laughs) And it's literally nothing but silence. He tries to introduce himself and like talk to her and she's just like sitting there like playing with her thumbs kind of thing. I would also do that. Yeah. Valid. So he reads her file and finds out that she self-harmed when she first arrived there and was assigned two nurses to kind of watch her at all times to make sure nothing happened to her. And then eventually got scaled back to one nurse who ended up being Yuri. She kind of just like melts into the background and she just never spoke. So after the media frenzy of the trial kind of died down, she kind of just melted into the background and no one really talks to her. She was brought up by her aunt after her mom died in a car accident that Alicia was also in. So she was in the car when the accident happened. And we also find out that her lawyer, her solicitor in the books, excuse me, is her dead husband's brother. Oh, fun. Max. And Max comes up again later in the book. Um, And to be clear, I only ever mention the name of a character if they are relevant. Like, I don't just mention them if they're a one-off kind of thing. Like, if they're going right. to prop up again, crop up again. I'll mention Got their it. names. Theo's first professional deviance, as he calls it, is he reaches out to Alicia's extended family to talk to them, kind of get their explanation of her childhood and things like that, because he's not going to get it from her, obviously, because she's not saying shit. She's a selective mute. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's true. At this point, um, Yuri invites Theo out for drinks, and we get a story that his wife... There, he's Now, he's from... Liechtenstein, 
Yuri. And he speaks great English. Like he's very, he's integrated into the English society. But we find out from Yuri that his wife really didn't try to fit into society in London. And he fell in love with his neighbor who never reciprocated those feelings. Oh my gosh, scandal. Throughout the book, I write down my predictions and my theories of like what's going to happen. <laughs> uh-huh. um, and this was where I had my first prediction that uh, Alicia was the neighbor he fell in love with and he killed Gabriel Alicia found the body and tried to kill herself. And now she stays silent because Yuri is always around. Okay. Okay. Right? Yeah, 100%. So now we meet Theo's wife, Kathy. She's an American stage actress. Oh. And we learn they got together. They like met through their ex-partners and then subsequently cheated on them with each other. <laughs> okay. You get them how you lost them or you lose them how you got them, right? <laughs> true. True. You know, you got a point there. So the book is split into four parts. So now second part, we it also flips back and forth between the narrator, Theo, and diary entries from Alicia. Ooh. Each part kind of opens with a diary entry from her. From her diary entries, we learn that Alicia's mom was an alcoholic. This is so triggering. Every time you say my name, I'm like, what? <laughs> so she goes back. She has this painting of Jesus on the cross and she's having like such trouble with painting it. And then she realizes it's it's because she's not painting Jesus on the cross. She's painting her husband Gabriel on the cross. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So don't know how we feel about that. Feels a little sacrilege, but okay. Then we also learn that the car accident wasn't an accident and her mother intentionally crashed the car. Oh, (laughs) okay. Yeah. So Alicia kind of wonders, like, if she's got her mother's crazy in her, like, if she's as crazy as her mother. And then she expresses how much she loves Gabriel, and he agrees to sit for the Jesus painting, like, so she can paint him. And she paints Gabriel with lifeless eyes and can't figure out why. Girlfriend, come on. Theo, after meeting Alicia and everything, he tells Diomedes they need to lower Alicia's medication to make progress with her in therapy and we learn christian her psychiatrist who is the one prescribing her the medication that's basically has her walking around like she's a zombie he confronts theo about going on behind his back to diomedes to lower alicia's medication he's like if you want that just come you don't have to go behind my back just come to me right i mean he's got points yeah well we also probably should have mentioned this before <laughs> Christian and Theo know each other from Theo's previous job before he got to the Grove. They had worked together at another facility, so he didn't feel like he could go to Christian because there's kind of like that tension there. So that's why he went to Diomedes. Right. So her medication ends up getting lowered. They have their second meeting and they sit in silence the entire time. As a psychotherapist, they tend to take on a lot of the feelings that their patients feel. Oh, so he's like an empath? A lot of, well, I guess that's like a lot for a lot of different therapists that that can happen. So he ends up taking on like a headache she's feeling and he can feel a lot of the self-loathing she has. But she can, he can see that her eyes are clear as can be and she's not crazy. And Theo tells her like, I'm, I want to help you. I'm here to help you. Alicia attacks him and tries to strangle him, <laughs> throws his head into a wall. Mood. She scratches him. It takes her, takes four nurses to subdue her. That's how bad it is. I'm like, damn sis. What a girl. What a woman. What a woman. She Hulk over here. <laughs> So the Grove is obviously like very much falling apart and the trust that funds the Grove wants to shut them down. So Diomedes gives Theo six weeks to get Alyssa to talk, Alicia to talk. Oh my gosh. (laughs) 
because she is their most famous patient, I guess you could say. Mm -hmm. So if they can get progress with her, it will make them look good and they won't close the grove. They want to use it to essentially save it. He goes home and his wife is out of the house and he decides to smoke a little weed while she's gone because she hates it. And while he's high, he accidentally knocks over her laptop and it like turns on and he sees emails between her and someone else and he finds out that she's cheating on him. Oh shit. And immediately flips back to another meeting with Alicia. Oh, great. So he talks about his wife and how sometimes he hates her and suggests that that could happen, that could have happened between Alicia and Gabriel. Like that she could have had some feelings of resentment. Like there could have just been like some issues there. Okay. But like there has to be something more to this because you don't just kill your husband because you don't like him. Uh, I'm not feeling this guy anymore. Let me just kill him. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, but that's how you get their money. I mean, true. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and argue that's not. If that's how you want to go about it, I support you, but... <laughs> we got a little Natasha be... Romanoff on our hands. <laughs> you have to have something a little more convincing, you know, did they... I don't know. You have to have some other reason, because you can't just go around killing people. I mean, that's kind of rude. After he makes this <laughs> suggestion that they, they have that, like, kind of tension where there's not always love there... The, he gets his first reaction from Alicia and she shakes her head at him like, no. He tries to press her for more, but she literally gets up and walks out. We're not having it. So he goes home and drinks some more weed. Drinks some more? Okay. Smokes some more weed. <laughs> I'm that reading. Like, Listen, um, it's my dyslexia. My brain is co- is uh, comprehending the next line as my eyes are reading the first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the only same word letter in there is the K. And that's it. I'm telling you, uh, my eyes were reading the first line, but my brain was comprehending the second. Okay. So he <laughs> smokes more weed and he tries to drink some wine to calm himself down about his wife, like, cheating on him. Okay, yeah, that's the way to go about it. Sure. And his hand slips and the glass breaks and he cuts his finger open. Oh my god! So he has to, like, wrap it up. And he takes a walk to try and literally think about anything else. It's, like, super oh late. Lord. It's almost midnight. And he shows up at the apartment of his old therapist, Ruth. She's so much older now, but she lets him in without hesitation. No, Ruth. Girlfriend. No. That's a bad decision. So they go back and forth and he like tells her about Kathy and like what happened. And Ruth, knowing his history with his dad, is basically like, you need to leave Kathy or the cycle is just going to repeat itself. But he makes the choice to stay with Kathy to prove to himself that he will oh repeat gosh, his past with his father. Oh my gosh, so stupid! <laughs> Bro, come on. You are literally a therapist yourself and you're not going to take your own therapist's advice. Yes. All right. Sure. So earlier in the book, when Thea was looking at Alicia's file, we find out that in her first few months of getting to the Grove, she has an altercation with another patient, Alif. And Alicia- Say that again? She gets into an altercation with another patient. Alif is her name. (laughs) Shut up. A leaf? A leaf. I knew an a leaf in college. It was a man, but it was a, her, their name was a leaf. Okay. That's a, 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 okay. Sure. <laughs> Whatever. We'll go along with it. Alicia attacked a leaf after they whispered something in her ear. And we find out when he talks to a leaf that she went up to Alicia and asked her if her husband deserved it and what it looked like when she shot him. And that's why Alicia like beat the shit out of her. Hold on. I need more wine. <laughs> That's a pretty full bottle there. That's my, this is my second bottle. Don't worry. I always come prepared. 
I just opened this. My mom's like, how long is it going to take you to drink that? And I was like, not that long. She's like, well, that's a bottle for like multiple people. And I was like, and? Wow. She was really calling you out there. Yeah. My parents really think I have a drinking problem. I don't know why. <laughs> I've already finished my Well, go get more. I will after after you're done. He now has a meeting with Max Berenson, who's Alicia's brother-in-law and her lawyer. Right. So we find out he was adopted and that he's Gabriel's older brother. He wasn't Alicia's trial lawyer. So, like, he wasn't involved with the trial. Okay. He tells Theo to talk to Jean-Felix, Alicia's gallerists, where she would... What the fuck? Hold all of her exhibitions. Exhibitions. A fancy bitch. We love to see it. He said that he hated Alicia and thinks that she, like, snuffed out the light of her brother. All right, fuck you then. Yeah, right? Men ain't shit. No, they aren't. We also learned that he's married to his receptionist, Tanya. Of course he is. Who was your first wife then? Like, come on. Who was it that you cheated on? Damn, you really think these Barons and brothers, like, they got some shit going on. They really do. I can't stand behind them. We find out that he's married to Tanya, his receptionist, and that she's, like, visibly kind of, like, afraid of Max. Like, she's very, she gets very quiet when he's around. Oh, we don't like that. When Theo leaves, she tells him to talk to Alicia's cousin Paul in Cambridge. When Alicia leaves, nope, I don't think I said that right. Let me repeat that so we're clear because I don't think I said that right. She tells Theo to talk to Alicia's cousin Paul in Cambridge. So we get a flip back to Alicia's diary and she says she wants children, but she's scared of becoming the mother her mother was, if that makes sense. That's a valid concern. Absolutely. Good on her for, like, having the foresight, right? Yes. So we find out that there's a gun in the house. It And it's a point of contention between Alicia and Gabriel. It was a gun that Gabriel's father had owned and he inherited from him. And Alicia, like, doesn't like that they have it. That's allowed in the UK? Yeah, right? Like, I, I don't think cops are allowed to carry guns in the UK. I think they are. 100%. Oh, wait, sorry. I'm thinking of Iceland when I yeah, watched that the show. Valhalla murders. Yeah. I knew yeah, that's I texted you, you about of. that, right? Yes. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was yes. like, what the fuck? Anyway, so they have like a fight, an argument about it, but it's not that big of a deal. They invite Max, Gabriel's brother, over for dinner. And she goes to the, the kitchen to kind of like get a refill of wine. And Max like follows her and she tells him... She's going to tell Gabriel about the night Max assaulted her at a party. He, like, basically, like, grabs her and kisses her. And so she wants to tell Gabriel about it. And they argue. Scandalous. What a dickbag. So he tells Alicia he loves her. And then he kisses her. Dude. You can't do that. So being that this is Alicia's diary, we get, like, her kind of side of it. And she's like, I don't think Mm -hmm. Max actually loves me. She just thinks that he hates Gabriel so much Mm -hmm. that he loves her because he wants to like ruin gabriel kind of thing right sounds legit yeah i could see it so gabriel tells alicia on her birthday that he wants to have a baby and she says yes and they originally like had talked about not having a baby and like how they didn't want kids so we find out that max is the benefactor of gabriel's estate because alicia had gotten money from when her father had died so he didn't want he didn't think Alicia needed to worry about money, so he gave it to his brother and like she was good kind of thing, which is like bullshit. Okay, sure. Yeah, that's total bullshit. What's the point of killing him if you're not going to get any of the money? That should have been the defense attorney's first point of evidence. So Theo visits cousin Paul in Cambridge, and as he's like walking up to their house, Paul smacks the shit out of the back of his head cuz he thinks that he's Mood. trespassing, and they talk about 
Alicia's childhood and how Paul and his mother Lydia had moved in with Alicia and her dad after Alicia's mother's death and it wasn't supposed to be permanent and then Alicia's father does end up committing suicide so they end up staying uh, to take care of her. Uh, Her aunt Lydia absolutely hates Alicia, especially after she sees a painting that Alicia does of her. And then like Aunt Lydia like kind of like freaks out and like has like a mental break and well, not like a mental break, but she's just old and is like, I don't want you here anymore. So Paul's like, you gotta go. Theo visits Jean Felix and he finds out that him and Alicia had met in art school. He wasn't a big fan of Gabriel and he had like a superficial love for Alicia Mm-hmm. He talked about how much he loved her, but Theo was like, I got a feeling he loved her art and the money it made him more than he actually loved her as a person. Right. So he shows Theo all of her paintings because he wanted to see the painting she did when she was on house arrest again. And he sees a painting she had done of Aunt Lydia and she basically painted her as like super fat and all of her skin like <laughs> sagging off of her body. Okay, go And off. it was super funny. So that's why like Aunt Lydia like hates her. Yeah, that's a power move right there. Jean Felix suggests to Theo that he reads Alcestis and he buys the play and learns basically that the main character has to find someone to die for him if he wants to live. He asks his parents. His parents are just like, nah fam, we're not doing that. And I was wow. like, wow, that's pretty shitty. So his wife dies in his place and goes to hell with Hades and she's brought back by another Greek Persephone? god. Is that you? <laughs> this is not Percy Jackson. Stop it. Oh, I wish. So she's brought back to life by another Greek god. I didn't catch their name, so I couldn't write it down. But when she comes back, she doesn't speak, like, at all. And it's unclear whether she can't speak or she won't. But at the end of the play, she just, like, never speaks again. And that was what she named the portrait she did of herself while she was on house arrest. Right. So then we flip back to Alicia's diary. And Paul had originally told Theo he hadn't seen Alicia in years. That it's been super long since she's been home. Hadn't seen her in so long. In her diary, however, she writes... And her diary is about, like, a month or two leading up to Gabriel's death, to be clear. Right. So, Paul goes... He calls Alicia and is like, we need to talk. I need to see you. He goes to Alicia for money because he has really bad gambling debt. He's about $20,000 deep. So, here's theory two. Paul killed Gabriel during a robbery gone bad to pay off his gambling debt. Alicia found them and tried to kill herself. Another plausible theory. So, she's... Talking about her relationship with Jean-Claude and she thinks that Jean-Claude, I'm calling him Jean-Claude, Jean-Felix <laughs> has feelings for her because he's constantly putting Gabriel down in what she thinks is like an attempt to win her over, but it really just comes off as super douchey. So it kind of just pushes her closer to Gabriel. She really doesn't like him. And so one day she's, she has like a big shed in the backyard of her house, apartment, her house. Okay. And that's where her studio is to paint. So one day she's like in there painting and Jean-Felix shows up basically unannounced and kind of like tests her patience and is like, she's like, can you leave so I can get work done? He gets like super offended. Okay. Damn. And at this point she tells him she's deciding to switch galleries of where she does exhibitions of her work. So this was where I had theory three. Jean-Felix blames Gabriel for her wanting to switch galleries and wanting to get away from Jean-Felix So he kills him in jealous rage. Alicia blames herself and cuts her own wrist. That's my third theory. 
right? Like all wow, of these theories. Okay. I mean, I see that. Yeah. I so that. Yuri, Paul, and Jean Felix are three that I think could have done it at this point. So he begs her not to switch galleries and invites her to a play on that Friday as kind of like an official goodbye. And yeah. it's a tragedy by Euripides, and it's Alcestis, the one that she names her portrait after. Yeah, So right. she admits to Gabriel that she's afraid of Jean-Felix. Theo meets with Diomedes to try and get a better understanding of the play, because obviously with a name like Diomedes, he's Greek. <laughs> he's, he's, from, he's from Greece. I probably should have right. made that clear in the beginning. He's from Greece, <laughs> but he sees himself more as a Brit now. But he said, like, understanding the Greek tragedies is, like, part of their blood. Like, they just know. So he goes to Diomedes to try and talk about the play and get a better understanding because Theo doesn't understand why she stops talking in the end. Right. Diomedes poses the question like, have you ever been betrayed by someone you love? And Theo, thinking about his cheating wife, Kathy, is like, uh, yeah. Of course her name is Kathy, by the way. (laughs) Of course. No, what's so funny is my sister's name is Catherine and she refuses to be called Kathy. Understandable. I would also refuse to be named called Kathy. Like, damn. So he realizes that Alicia stopped talking because she was angry and felt betrayed like Alcestis did in the play. Even though Alicia didn't like physically die the same way Alcestis does, something killed her spirit. So he suggests letting Alicia start painting again because she's in there. Like she has like art therapy, but it's not the same as her being able to freely paint. Right. He takes over her art therapy uh, he gets her his, a real his first real reaction, well his second real reaction from Alicia when he tells her in one of their meetings that she can start painting again and she smiles. And then we get Theo following Kathy after rehearsal to try and catch her in the act of cheating. She oh, tells shit. him that he's she's going to meet her friend after work and he follows her, but she does in fact end up meeting the said friend. Oh boy. Alicia's old art supplies because he kind of took them in like all of her old paintings and things like that after she was committed. He refuses to bring them to the Grove himself. What a dick. Yeah, but to Theo that indicates that he's kind of scared of seeing Alicia in person. So they convert like an old room. I don't remember if it's a therapy room or not, but an old another room into a studio for her to use to paint. The first painting she does is of the Grove in the psychiatric facility she's in and two people escaping and it's the two people, one is Alicia and the other mm-hmm. was Theo and he's carrying her and he can't tell if he's rescuing her from the fire or throwing in it, her into Yikes. it. So like, that's off-putting. I would be very uncomfortable, <laughs> especially <laughs> as someone's therapist. Alicia's old neighbor, Barbie, comes to visit her. She's super obnoxious, super Barbie. mean. She's American. What the fuck? Why are we so shitty in this book? <laughs> Come on, that's so stereotypical. Literally, every American in this book is a piece of garbage, but to be fair, most okay, of us are. you know are, what, when so... I write my book, every single British person is going to be a piece of trash. So, I hope you enjoy that. We find out she is actually the one that called the cops. She's the one that heard the gunshots the night that Gabriel was killed. And she's come to visit Alicia. She puts up a big fuss when she gets there. We love an eavesdropper. Right? <laughs> oh, just wait. Just... That would be you. Like, low-key. You would definitely be the one to be like, okay, I'm going to, like, listen in, but, like, now this is getting a little too much, so I'm going to call someone in here because (laughs) y'all are acting too- I should be offended, but you're not wrong. That's the problem. It's true. You would definitely, if this were happening, you would definitely be like, okay, this is tea, but now this is getting to be, like, a little- 
crazy. So I'm actually really good friends with my therapist. Like I shouldn't, like I shouldn't say that. But Shannon, who I was gonna do this podcast with, oh my before, gosh, shout out Shannon. But like during um quarantine, she's been like convinced that her neighbor is like killed her his wife and literally her i follow her husband on instagram and he posts videos of her sitting in their front window like this watching their house <laughs> and i was like okay that's me that would be you <laughs> so she puts up a fight when they tell her you have to have an appointment to come and see people now because of security reasons theo steps in and is like nah like you can let her see alicia it's fine so she goes in obviously alicia doesn't say anything all barbara does is talk about herself what a shock <laughs> typical self-centered american am i right ladies theo talks to her after her meeting with Alicia and is like i know sh- i have tea not just the british kind i have real <sighs> like why don't you come on over and i'll tell you that so he goes over to barbie's house at night barbie tells theo that once alicia was like found with the body and the gun in the room with the cops like did not want to hear any other story they knew she was guilty and cops am i right ladies (laughs) the only blue lives that matter are the usps workers Uh, uh. my uncle posted that well yeah my uncle posted that on twitter and i just had to do it shout out gary thank you for that one i've seen it a bunch of times i saw it on tiktok a bunch that was great i loved it i was cracking up but so she tells theo that alicia had told her that a man was watching her house for like weeks before the murder don't like that. Do not like that. So Barbie advised that she tells the cops. Alicia doesn't. And she talks to Gabriel about it instead. <laughs> Mood. And she says that she kind of agrees with him. Like, it's all... She's imagining things. She's she's not really seeing someone watching them. Typical man. Men ain't shit. <laughs> Alicia asks her to delete the picture that she took and sent to her. But Barbie never does. And she, like, shows it to Theo. And Barbie even tells Theo, like, Alicia was scared. She did not know what was happening. She was terrified. He gets to the Grove the next morning for work, like, all excited to talk to her. And he walks in and people are screaming. Like, there's just, like, a deafening scream. And he's really worried that it's her, like, that it's Alicia. Mm -hmm. He gets to, like, the nurse's station and it's not her. Thank goodness. It's a leaf. And she's been stabbed in the eye. What the fuck? With, just guess what she was stabbed in the eye with. A fork. (laughs) automatically that's what it comes to mind just the like the look on your face the way you said that you were just so sure like so sure no she was stabbed in the eye with a paintbrush Ooh, not looking good for alicia <laughs> so alicia is being guarded by nurses not like held back because she's very calm calm but there are nurses like standing around her because obviously she's the one that fucking stabbed her in the eye the way alicia looks at theo it's like the first time he actually is like scared for her <laughs> which like alif keeps provoking this bitch this is the second time alicia has like gone for it like trying to hurt her honestly don't blame her i yeah. do the same thing yeah <laughs> he goes to yuri and is like what the fuck like what happened and yuri is right. like i saw alif like hanging out outside alicia's studio theo's like let's go investigate maybe something happened so they get to the studio and they find that alicia's painting of the grove on fire has been vandalized the word slut is written across it shock theo visits alif and the emergency ward she's got an eye patch she's a nick fury now like <laughs> I'm going to find every way I can to, like, just make a Marvel reference at some point in this one. Oh, Lord. Of course. Of course. So when he visits her, we learn that, yes, Alif did deface the painting, but that wasn't why 
Alicia attacked her. Alifa told Alicia that Theo likes her and she was taunting Alicia that Theo is in love with her. Literally singing like Alicia and Theo sitting in a tree, like singing at her like a child. What are you in like fourth grade? Damn. Yeah. So that's why Alicia jumped her. I was like, okay, that's fair. Like she couldn't come up with something better. Like get creative. You're an adult. I know. So Alicia is actually put in isolation because of this. And there's a huge meeting with Diomedes, Stephanie, the manager of the ward and everything. Mm-hmm. He, there's a meeting with them and they basically tell him that he she has to be in isolation and that they're ending her therapy with Theo. That it's not working. It's not going to happen. And he fights what against it, but he's told like it's getting too personal. It has to end. And because like this was a ther- like it was a, a matter of safety for the, the patients... Stephanie is the one that makes that choice and Diomedes just has to like go with it. Mm -hmm. So when they have their last therapy session, Theo like expresses his regret that he can't help her and that the therapy was ending, but it wasn't his idea and he fought against it. And because of like that, Mm -hmm. Alicia gives him her diary. The one that Mm -hmm. we've been reading from, like, the entire book. Mm -hmm. Part three is entirely her diary entries. Uh Uh-huh. Literally the week leading up to his murder. Got it. On August 8th, she notices a man standing outside their house. August 10th, she goes to see Alcestis with John Felix. And Mm -hmm. before they, like, after the play, before they kind of go their own way. Right. High School Musical (laughs) 2. Before they kind of get on the tube on going different directions, John Felix warns her not to trust the people around her, that she's just way too trusting don't trust anybody that is so suspect what the fuck so she sees again she sees a man standing outside their house gabriel thinks it's jean felix because of her leaving the gallery on the 14th she goes for a walk in the park and sees the man watching her again from the other side of like this pond and she thinks it's jean felix so she's like get the fuck away from me like stop following me and mm-hmm. when she goes home, she looks out the window and he's standing there again. What the fuck? So randomly Barbie shows up and Alicia in her diary expresses how she like doesn't like Barbie. and <laughs> Invasive and annoying she is, which is like, I really hope that's what you write about me in your diary. Yeah, that's definitely what I write. 100%. But she confines in Barbie anyway because she's genuinely terrified and just like has to talk to somebody about it. Right. So on the 15th, 10 days before the murder, she stays up all night because she like wakes up in the middle of the night and it feels like the house is being watched and she looks out the window and sees this man standing outside their house. Right. And she just like, she doesn't like physically see him, but she like just like feels it. And she wakes up Gabriel and he goes and looks and the man's not there and Gabriel's pissed. Of course not. Gabriel the next morning sees that she was up all night because she was so scared and he basically tells her he wants her to talk to a doctor. Right. And she's pissed at him for wanting that. But she, like, puts up this facade, and she calmly agrees. And the next day, she goes to see a Dr. West, mm-hmm. whom she dislikes. Mm-hmm. We do not agree. We do not like him. We do not. Got no. it. So he's a doctor. Earlier in the book, when I talked about how she first committed suicide, or tried to commit suicide, excuse me, after her father's death, mm-hmm. she was seen by a doctor who this like wasn't in her medical files or anything like that it was definitely like outside of like actual medical procedure this was the same doctor that treated her after her first suicide attempt oh he suggests that she's heading in that direction again of her mental state of after her father died because after he died she had claimed she was being followed and someone was watching her but she had never Mm -hmm. actually seen anybody it was always just a feeling of being watched that first time But this time she's actually seeing a physical person. So he doesn't really believe 
anyone is following her because of the first incident. So he wants to put her on medication. She basically says no. And he said, think of the consequences. Like, you could lose your husband because of this. Like, he's right. he's done. Like, after everything that's happened, do you really want to lose Gabriel? Right. So she agrees to go on the medication. And she basically just internalizes everything. <laughs> Oh, and Lord. she pretends that she's fine. Everything's fine. Let's all be fine. He puts her on this medication. Gabriel gives it to her and stands there and watches her as she quote unquote takes it. And yeah. is like, thank you for taking that. And then when he leaves the room, this bitch spits it out in the sink. Wow. And I'm an like, icon. what a queen. That is what I would do. Literally, when I was like in middle school, I never took my medication. But that's oh, a yeah, story. I remember that. <laughs> but that's a story for another time, right? Yeah. Four days before the murder, August 21st, she hasn't left the house in three days at this point because she feels so unsafe. A quarantine queen. What? Right? Yes. <laughs> but it's not necessarily a quarantine because she's def- deathly afraid of, like, being followed. But, you know, self-quarantine. We love that. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, I am believing her up to this point, but the way that she's writing, she sounds really paranoid. Like, Got the way it. that she's, like, explaining her situation. Right. So, on the 22nd, she decides to move Gabriel's gun to the kitchen in case she needs it. Like, if this guy tries to break in. This is right. point, like, in her diary, she sounds super duper paranoid and, like, I was having a hard time believing her. Right. So, the 23rd, Gabriel wants to have dinner with Max. And Alicia is, like, does not want to go because she doesn't want to leave the house and end up being followed. Right. But they go anyway. And at this point, she believes Max is the one that's stalking, that's, like, stalking her. And it's, like, a double date between Max and Tanya and Gabriel and Alicia. So, she follows uh, Max to the bathroom. Basically, like, confronts him and is, like, why are you following me? All this shit. And he denies it. And he slap. she slaps him. And, like, she turns around and Tanya's, like, standing right there and, like, sees the whole thing. And then she runs out of the restaurant. Right. And before he leaves, Max, like, firmly denies he's not the one that's following her. It's not him. And then chases after Tanya. And at that point, Alicia believes, like, believes him. Like, it's not him. But if it's right. not Max, then who the hell is following her? The night uh, so I literally wrote the 25th of August in parentheses D-Day. <laughs> death day uh she writes that she's hearing something she hears something and she looks outside and she sees it's the man right and she can see him trying the windows and the doors to get it Mm -hmm. and she calls gabriel but he doesn't pick up and she can hear him inside the house and then immediately it starts part four and i was like what the fuck and like this is literally her diary like she stops in the middle of an entry because she can hear this man like breaking into the house oh shit Theo finishes reading the diary and he recognizes mm-hmm. the name Dr. West. Mm-hmm. Theo decides to keep the diary on his person instead of like locking in his desk just to make sure that it's safe. And then he goes down the hall at the Grove and we find out that Dr. West is Dr. Christian West, her psychiatrist. Oh my gosh. No. Oh my gosh. He's oh the one gosh. that had been descri- uh, been prescribing her all those medications to keep her right. like in a zombie-like state. So he confronts Christian and is like, bro, what the fuck? You didn't come forward. He didn't speak at the trial. He didn't acknowledge that he was treating her before he started working at the Grove. Oh, no. And Christian said he was doing it as a favor to Gabriel. But Gabriel paid him in cash. And what he never fuck? declared it as income. So, like, that's illegal. <laughs> yeah. So Christian is in trouble. So rather than reporting him to Diomedes, he uses him to get information about Alicia and their meetings of like what was happening when he was treating her. Mm -hmm. So the last time Christian saw her was a week before the murders and he described her as highly paranoid and delusional, psychotic even. 
But he was very dismissive and, like, didn't believe she was being followed because she of her history with paranoia. Mm-hmm. And he suggested that her first suicide attempt after his dad's death was a bid for attention from Gabriel. Excuse me? And he said if he didn't have to respect confidentiality laws, he would have told uh, Gabriel basically to get the fuck out. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Oh, my gosh. What the fuck? Dude. Men ain't shit. Literally. You can't be doing that shit. Come on. At this point, Theo goes to Yuri and was like, I need to talk to Alicia. And he's like, oh, you have another therapy session? He's like, nah, this has to be on, like, the DDDDL. Like, super, <laughs> like, no one can know about this. So he meets with her and basically asks her to finish the story that was in the journal. Like, right. what happened. Yeah. He tells her that he's going to investigate further and that he's on her side. So then we switch to him following Kathy again for cheating on him. <laughs> and he officially catches her cheating on him. Thank goodness. Finally. He like follows if, them into if the woods. If Theo was a woman, this would have been done like within the first three chapters. Right? Yeah. No, this wouldn't have happened if it was a woman. If a woman caught her husband cheating, they would be dead. True that. So he catches Kathy cheating. So cut to... He's looking at the Alcestis painting again, and he notices there's a man watching Alicia in the painting. Like, there's a man in a tree far off in the distance, and he was going to ask Jean-Felix about it, but he decided not to. Instead, he confronts him about Alicia wanting to leave the gallery, and that, like, if she stayed silent, it would mean that he gets to keep her work forever. So, like, he's a suspect now, and he leaves to kind of let let jean felix like stew and see what he does Mm -hmm. next and so Mm -hmm. he makes plans to see paul the cousin again right paul continues to lie to theo about the gambling debt like theo kind of puts him in a position like i'm just trying to reevaluate some things about this diary when was the last time you saw her like why did you have to see her and he like doesn't admit to asking her for the money Mm -hmm. theo tells him like tanya was the one that told him to reach out to Paul and like he kind of like blushes and he realizes like he kind of has a small crush on Tanya and then we find out that the night that Alicia's mom died her and Paul were on the roof of their house and they overheard some shit they were not supposed to overhear and they hear Alicia's dad talking to Aunt Lydia and he's really upset and he said why did Ava Alicia's mother Ava uh why did she have to die instead of Alicia oh my what the fuck what the fuck he said that? So Alicia said to Paul after she hears her dad say that, like, he just killed oh me. Theo equates that to, like, psychological murder. Like, he just killed oh his daughter God. saying that. Holy shit. Could you imagine, like, I don't want to imagine no. it, but, like, could you imagine hearing your dad say that? No, I can't. So he secretly he meets with Alicia one last time and he tells her, like, this is the last time you're going to see me. I'm trying so hard to help you. I need you to tell me what happened. And she finally after six fucking years, says okay. And she agrees to talk to him. So he asks her why he d- she didn't speak. And she said, she stopped talking because there was literally nothing to say. And I was like, right. bitch, what? Okay, what? sure. But it was important to Alicia that Theo, like, understood her story and, like, what happened. Right. So they start where the diary ends. And we find out the man coming into the house wasn't her stalker. It was mm-hmm. Jean-Felix. And he had come to talk to her about the exhibition at their gal- the gallery he was doing. And then he left. And that was the same mm-hmm. night as the murder. Mm-hmm. So Gabriel had called her to say he was going to be home late from the shoot he was working. 
And Theo suggested that he was actually calling just to see how, like, how mentally she was doing, like, how her mental state was. Mm -hmm. And she kind of agrees. And when they hung up, she saw the man standing in her studio doorway with a knife. What the fuck? She offered money. He hadn't come for money. She escapes from the man because they're walking through her backyard because she's walking from her shed to the house. She escapes and tries to run for the, the garden gate and he tackles her and basically brings her into the house. What the fuck? And she says she's thirsty and asks if she can get water. And he's like, yeah. So she goes to get the gun from the kitchen cabinet and it's empty. And he's like, that's not where the the cups are. And he's holding the gun. What the fuck? So like he had gone into the house and like hit it. Right. Yeah. So Gabriel calls and tells her he's going to be home late and not to wait for dinner or whatever. And the kid. That's suspicious. Yeah. So she tells the kidnapper he's on his way home and the kidnapper's like, oh, really? Because I just heard him on the phone say, like, he's not going to be home till like, 10 o'clock. So they're sitting there waiting for him. He ties her up to the chair with, like, a wire that she uses to hang canvas. And she says she wished he had killed her because what he did was so much worse. And Theo expresses to her his feelings of, like, wanting to take care of her. And she said, that's not what I want from you. Okay. An independent queen. We love to see it. So they wait around, her and this kidnapper wait around for, uh, I almost call him Julian. (laughs) Wait around for Gabriel to come home, but he's like super late. It's like around 11 o'clock when he gets home. When he does return, the kidnapper swings Alicia around to face the fireplace so her back is to the door. And when he comes in, he's like kind of calling out for her, looking for Alicia and she doesn't respond because the kidnapper is like, if you say anything, I will kill you and him. Mm -hmm. So when he goes to reach out to, like, grab her, the kidnapper comes out of the shadows and, like, tackles him and shoots him six times in the head. Oh, my gosh. And then leaves without another word. What the fuck? So that's the story Alicia gives Theo. But because of the inconsistencies, he doesn't believe it Uh because he knows that Gabriel was shot shot five times in the head and the sixth mm-hmm. shot was in the ceiling. Like, it was pointed mm-hmm. towards the ceiling. And she had been standing, right. found standing in the middle of the room, not tied to the chair like she, like he had said, she had said in the story. Right. So, he talks to Diomedes about this and, like, Diomedes doesn't believe there was ever a man involved and that it's all bullshit and that it's all from her own mind and that the more she's, that she's manipulating Theo and the more that Theo feeds into that, the less responsibility she takes for her own actions for the murder theo needs to confront her and be like i know there was no man you need to take responsibility for this right so cut to he's following kathy as she cheats again and instead of following kathy home he follows the boyfriend home and he almost kills the boyfriend he like reaches into some help the situation sir right he reaches into someone's garden and takes a rock and he's literally holding it above the guy's head but someone next door, like, comes out of their house. The guy turns around to look, and he hides behind a tree with the rock. And I was like, oh. So he looks in the the window of the boyfriend's mm-hmm. house and sees that he is also married. Mm-hmm. And that he has a wife. And is like, what? he's like, what the fuck? So Theo plans to confront Alicia about the man and, thinks, and tell her that it's bullshit. He doesn't believe her. When right. he gets to the Grove the next day, Alicia has overdosed. And she's in the hospital. She's alive, but they don't think she's ever coming out of the coma that she's in. Shit. It comes out that they believe Alif was suspected of dealing drugs to other patients. Scandalous. 
All the doctors believe it was self-inflicted because they found a bottle of empty pills in her room. Theo makes, like, this comment that, like, really resonated with me. It's just, like, based on the title of the book that she's going to be silent forever because she's never going to wake up. Oh and I was like, gosh. yo, that's really fucked up. That is so fucked up. He sits next to her bed and holds her hand. And as he holds her hand, he feels wrists along... He feels wrists. <laughs> he feels bruising along her wrists. And notice a small hole caused by, like, a hypodermic needle. And he realizes it, it was attempted sui- attempted murder. Not attempted suicide. Attempted murder. Oh, my gosh. So, in a meeting with Diomedes and Stephanie, the ward manager, it comes out that it wasn't a leaf that gave her the pills. But the drug cabinet in the nurse's station had been left opened. And that Yuri had forgotten to lock it. And Christian had seen Alicia lurking around the corner. So, at this point, like, I firmly believed it was christian that had right done this right theo realizes like a scapegoat has to be used in this situation and he thinks it's going to be him but because he's told this about the drug cabinet he realizes that yuri's going to be the scape scapegoat because he's so focused on being friends with the patients and got careless about security right but he says he doesn't think yuri gave her the pills and he tells diomedes about the diomedes about the the diary and christian's involvement with alicia prior to her admittance to the Grove and just, like, everything he knows. So that launches an investigation. You're led to believe that Christian is the one that tried to murder her. And I put here, theory, Christian killed her to get to the diary so he couldn't be implicated in what was happening. Right. So the cops are called and they begin an investigation. Christian is brought in for an interrogation and you can see, like, the guilty look on his face when he's going in to be investigated. So you, like, think that, like, that's going to happen. So Theo leaves and he notices Yuri giving pills to a leaf and him pocketing the cash, which, like, holds up what Christian was saying. So he's like, oh, got to keep an eye on him. Right. So Yuri comes to Theo and tells him that John Felix has been waiting in the lobby all day to see Alicia. And when Theo goes down there to, like, talk to him, Jean-Felix is gone. Hmm. Suspect. So Max shows up at the Grove super fucking pissed. Like, he's so mad. And he doesn't Mm -hmm. even try to, like, hide his feelings for Alicia. And Mm -hmm. is, like, crying and is like, I blame you. This is 100% your fault. And he holds Theo responsible. Uh Uh-huh. So then he goes to Kathy's boyfriend's house. And he decides he wants to tell the boyfriend's wife about the affair. Ooh, okay. Spice. And he sneaks into the backyard with a knife, like, on his person. Why do you need a knife? So he is, he hears her coming and hides, like, around a wall. And she's on the phone. She's like, all right, I love you too. And hangs up and sees him in the reflection of her mirror in the backyard. And he says, in the book, that's the first time I met Alicia Berenson. What the fuck? switches to Alicia's diary and she says I recognize the she immediately recognized him the second that he walked into the grove mm-hmm. when he said he wanted to help her he had said the night that he had attacked her and Alicia uh, her and Gabriel that he she he was there to help her and that's what he said to her in their like second meeting of therapy was that he was there to help her and that's why she attacked him it was because that was the exact same thing he said to her the night that he attacked her oh my gosh so, and then she writes in her diary that it was actually Theo that gives her the overdose, not Christian. Holy shit. So then she writes the true story of the night that Gabriel died, mm-hmm. that Theo showed up in her studio and he ties her up. And when Gabriel gets home, he ties them up like back to back. 
And mm-hmm. Alicia pleads with him not to hurt Gabriel and that she loves him. And he wakes, he had knocked out Gabriel and then he wakes him up and tells him that only cowards betray the people that they love. Mm-hmm. And says that Alicia plead, pled for his life. So he's going to make Gabriel choose. Either he dies or Alicia. Oh my gosh. And Alicia says not to believe him, that he'll kill them both and that she loves him, but he doesn't say it back. And Gabriel like whispers, I don't want to die. What a scumbag. Yeah, so then Le- Theo tells Gab- uh, tells Alicia that Gabriel's been fucking his wife. <laughs> and so he pr- he shoots Alicia, but he mimes it and he actually shoots the ceiling, letting Gabriel think that Alicia's dead. Like, he holds his finger up to his lips and is like, don't fucking mm-hmm. say anything. Right. Gabriel starts screaming and cries, thinking Alicia's dead. So Theo mm-hmm. unties her wrists and kisses her gently on the cheek and then that motherfucker dips <laughs> he just real dips no theo dip oh okay feigning alicia's death so gabriel's crying and like screaming her name right and he and she just stays silent and in the book mm-hmm. it was just like it hit me so hard she literally says how can i talk the dead don't talk because at this point like gabriel thinks she's dead so she unties right. her ankles and grabs the gun and she phases him and she like kind of realizes he took everything from her, like her hopes, her dreams, the fact that he like cheated on her, right. everything. So she oh says God. she didn't kill ca- she didn't kill Gabriel, even though she really did. She did kill right. Gabriel. He killed right. her. Right. She just pulled the trigger, and that's what that's she says crazy. in the book. Oh my gosh, that's insane. So at this point, they're packing up her room because she's in a coma. She's basically dead. So they like have to clear out the room because Stephanie's like, well, they need the bed. Right. Love that. Sympathy for other women. Okay. So he makes it clear that he never expected Alicia to shoot Gabriel and never intended it for her to. And had he known her history of mental instability, he never would have done what he did. But it's like, you shouldn't have done what you did, period. But okay. In the first place. Right. He just, he did it to just wake her up to the lie that was her marriage. And he hadn't, like, no. So, and he had applied to the Grove through the aftermath of the murder because he took some responsibility for what happened to Gabriel because he's the one that set it up. Right. So he realized when she told him the story of how Gabriel died, she lied about it, obviously, because she recognized that he was the one that was there. So when he realized that she had lied about how Gabriel had died, she Mm -hmm. had actually recognized him. Uh And so he had to keep her silent forever. In order to not frame himself. So he frames Christian said for it because he had failed her when she needed him most. Shit. And he thinks it's better that she's not dead because, but asleep. So he can still visit her every day and hold her hand. Oh my gosh. So oh my. as they're cleaning out her room, they real he realizes he can't find the diary. And that's, then they need the diary to convict uh, Christian of mm-hmm. like what he did. And he cannot find it anywhere. He flips that room fucking upside down and cannot find it. So they have. you find out that Theo and Kathy moved to Surrey a year before all of this happened. And Kathy is, like, basically super depressed. She's home all the time. And they had mer- they when they moved to Surrey, it was into his childhood home because they wanted the yard, but they were still close to the city, whatever it was. But she's right. super duper depressed. And he even calls her out on her weight. And I was like, fuck off at this point. Like, you're a piece of shit. Literally. So 
he points out that everything he did was to keep Kathy as his, but he still loses her because she's, like, basically just, like, a drone at this point. Why would you want someone who cheated on you? Exactly. So then he talks about how he's let down Ruth, his original therapist, and how, like, upset with him she'd be and all this shit. So he's at home, like, after... This is, like, right after Alicia had overdosed. So he's at home, he's about to make dinner, and he gets a knock on the door, and it's the detective that's running the investigation into Christian and his involvement with Alicia. And so the detective comes in... And he goes, well, actually, I want to talk about Jean-Felix. And he's like, oh, why? And Jean-Felix had called after he had collected all of Alicia's paintings and art supplies from the Grove. And you find out that her diary was wedged into the frame of the painting of the Grove on fire, which was Theo's least favorite painting. He hated it. It was the last place he would have looked for the diary. And it was wedged in there. And she had written in the back of the diary, he was the one that had caused the overdose. So when the investigator comes in, he sits down at the dinner table. And while Theo's making him tea, starts reading the last entry, which was her telling the true story of what happened, basically saying it's all Theo's fault. And so he gets relief from getting fucking caught. He opens the windows in the back of his kitchen and it starts snowing. And he asks the fucking detective to read the whole last entry as he's like catching snowflakes in his hand listens to alicia's recount of the story and that is how this book ends what the fuck okay you fucking creep it was phenomenally written i was so shocked when you find out that it's theo right i had no idea I was so blown away because especially with mysteries when you're writing a mystery one of the characters you present always has to be the murderer or the killer or whatever it always has to be one of them so but you i never thought it would be him you you know what i mean so i thought it was so phenomenally written i was so happy with it what did you think based on my summary i'm interested to read it because now that i know the twist i can keep that in mind while i read it and see if the author left any clues right because so that'll be interesting i'm not gonna tell you anything else because that'll like if i explain too much then it ruins it kind of thing right so i'm really i was really happy to read this i had this has been on my list for so long when i saw it was in my mom's audible i was like perfect (laughs) done got it on lock yeah i'm kind of low-key now hoping they pick it next month but i feel like i have a feeling they won't because we have a lot of good ones <laughs> on the docket so <laughs> but i just put up a whiteboard next to my bookshelf and like my yeah. reading corner yeah. of my reading list of all the things that i need to read oh um, i feel that yeah i actually have a friend who led lent me like three books at the beginning of quarantine i've read none of them <laughs> none i think i've read 20 books during quarantine i've read none of her books <laughs> You're an asshole. <laughs> okay. Well, we're. I hope you enjoyed the summary of the silent patient. If you are looking to follow us on any social media, you can follow me on HBI Cheska on Twitter or at Francesca Hope on Instagram. And where can they find you? You can find me on Goodreads as Alicia Reads Thirteen. It's the best social media platform out there. The only social media that she prefers. Yep. And we'll see you for the next one. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.